We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to US News and World Report, we're the 25th top paying career. Make an impact as a fact seeker and a truth teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Or hit a three on the road and the Okay, Dan, you on. Quiet. Okay, Dana on too. I love quiet. That's you so far. Okay. Um A Sparks just called in. Okay. Dana number is we just get it to you real quick before you start. So when you come in. Um he got a um Eight through eight three two nine Uh, no, nah, Dana ain't called me yet. Okay, I'm texting him now. Come on, Dana. I was just on the phone with you. Come on. Okay, we'll start with all of them. Let me, I'm going to do a three-way real quick. Start out this, everybody. I have to let him come through my line. We're going to put Dana on your line? Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess y'all ready then. You want me to unmute Sparks? Well, no, no, not, not, not there. Hold on one second. Okay. Oh, I see Dana, the 832. I see Dana. Hold on. Okay. Okay, Dana. Dana, you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now, bro. Okay. Okay. I'm about to say, God, dog, what's going on this time okay. today? We about to go, um, go live right now, everybody. All right, all right, all right.
Uh, I said, all right. Hey, Dana, in between you yeah. talking, you might have to mute your phone so we won't get all that background noise. Yeah, I got you. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, um, you going to do the, um, the um, opening? Uh, you got to do the opening this one. Yeah. I, I do it. Okay. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuned in to A Man's View, hosted by Kenneth Jellybean Jennings and Dana the Dark Knight Harkness, live on the four-time award-winning board radio. It's a nice topic. We got five great topics for y'all tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Our first topic is going to be, how do you feel about the Chicago Bears possibly relocating to Arlington Heights? Is it good or bad? A bad idea, and why? Second topic: Carl Nesby of the Las Vegas Raiders has just came out as the first openly gay player in the NFL. What do you think about the the ramifications will be from him coming out? Good, bad, and why? Our third topic: NBA playoffs. We only have four teams left. Who you think is going to win the title and why? And also, what should the Philadelphia 76ers do with Ben Simmons? Trade him or finally force him to work on his game? Our fourth topic. Juneteenth. It was officially recognized as a national holiday. What does this mean to you? Our fifth topic. The Supreme Court ruled against the NCAA. What do you think that think the impact will be down the road? So let's get started with our first topic, ladies and gentlemen. And you can add a sparks on that too. Um, our first topic is how did you feel about the Chicago Bears possibly relocating to Arlington Heights? Is it is it a good idea or a bad idea, and why? Then I'm gonna start with you. Let you get started. You hear me, Dana? What's your thoughts on that, Dana? Hey, can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. I said, yeah, my uh, my thought on the Bears relocating to Austin Heights is uh for those who live in the Arlington Heights, I know they're happy. But what about the people from the city? How the you know traffic travel be going for them to get back out to Arlington Heights? Okay, um, hey Spark, what you think about that? Uh, well, caller, day to day, where you calling from? And give me your thoughts on the first topic of the night. A Sparks from Chicago Reds. First of all, I want to just say it's a pleasure and an honor to be with Jelly Bean in the Dark Night, assisted by Purple Rain. It's a pleasure to be here on this wonderful show. I love you guys. Oh man, it's all. Um, it is always before you go there. It's always a pleasure to have you. This is this is a new friend, but a new best friend for me. Um, yes, sir. He he, he he don't know how much he been encouraged me. 
especially in times I be getting these phone calls with things just ain't going right. <laughs> um, so I, I, I truly want to say uh, that this is a brother that's new to my life, but he's a dear friend of my life. Uh, sometimes sure. it ain't about how long you know a person. It's the value that they bring to your life that makes a difference. So I want to thank amen, you for amen. my brother. Absolutely. The feeling is mutual. Trust me. Um, so as far as the as far as the Bears moving to Arlington Heights, man, I'm all for it. Then some sign me up. Where do I go? Get me over there. I'll be the first car in line. It already takes forever to get inside Soldier Field. It already t- it's already a mess to try to, uh, um, you know, barbecue and stuff. Uh, tailgate over there at Soldier Field. It's already a mess trying to get tickets to Soldier Field, smallest stadium in the NFL. 61,500 seats, yawn, boring. You already got uh, horrible facilities when it comes to the bathrooms. You know, they just got rid of those commodes where the guy stands shoulder to shoulder to take a leak. I'm just, give me a break, dude. That's so out of date. I'm ready for a new stadium. This town could fill up anything that they bring our way. And let me tell you something. The extra drive, those 30 miles, you're spending that, that time sitting in line trying to get into Soldier Field anyway. The only, the only difference is you're going to be moving because you're going to be driving for, uh, um, to go to Arlington Heights. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. I hope I'm still alive when they get it done. And I tell you what, um, man, sign me up. And, and also, here's the other thing. We're talking about an opportunity to have 70,000-plus 70, 70, stadium, probably around 80,000 is what they're speculating, with the retractable roof in the middle of winter. Now with 17 games they got to play, so that's an extra game deep into the winter. So with this, you know when you got your ticket in hand, you're going to see whatever it is you're going to see there. You know you're going to see it because they closed the roof. You know you're going to see it. I love that. I don't want to be worried about how cold I am. It's it's 30 degrees below, and I can't even pay attention to the game because I'm blowing on my knuckles because I, I don't, you know, I, I can't feel anything in my hands. Nah, miss me with that. I'm excited about it. I can't wait. There you have it. <laughs> and and what, what, and and great insight. I love what you were saying because I actually agree with what you were saying. I'm I'm ready for them to go too. I'm so tired and fed up with Soldier Field. Um, just, just it, 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 it just ain't fun to go to that stadium. And then for me, mm-hmm. being in the chair, I know a whole lot of people thinking about this too. They had that retractable stadium. I could become a season ticket holder again. I don't have to worry mm-hmm. about going to the game and it's 20 degrees below zero. You know, I don't have to worry about always sitting out there in the cold. There ain't nothing worse in the world than sitting out there to watch your team play and they lose. And you've been sitting out of the cold for the last three hours. Oh, you pissed. Because <laughs> I know last time I went to the game, and I have not been back to the game after October, um, is what I do now. I went to the game. They played Kansas City. This is a long time ago, too. They played Kansas City, and the kicker, the field goal kicker, kicked seven field goals. Seven field goals. Wow. Kick seven field goals. How do how do how do you supposed to do that? And they and they lost and they set the record that day. And after that day, <laughs> I said I would never go to another game again when it's cold outside. And I have not been. If I'm not inside at the if I'm not inside at the um 
in one of the sky, sky lounges or something like that, I'm not going during the time when it's cold as hell outside. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. And then also <laughs> what it could possibly do, we have a retractable stadium like that. We could possibly try to make a bid to have a Super Bowl here, which would never happen at Soldier's Field. So, and then, then you got to think about it from the Bears' point of view. Instead of having to pay so the park district all that money to play there, they get to have take all that money in themselves. And, and I know what really probably sparked them to do it this past season during the pandemic, having them games that sold the field, paying all that money to, to have the game there, but you're not collecting no revenue from from the concession sales or nothing because what no fans there. So I'm quite sure that was right. something to help push them to this decision. And I'm not mad. I'm happy with it. So we go on to our next topic. That's enough about them bears. They give us enough headache when it's season time. We ain't going to talk about them too much. So our next topic is Carl Nasby of the Las Vegas Raiders. And it came out as the first openly gay player in the NFL. What do you think about the ramifications will be from them coming out, good or bad, and why? Hey, Spark, we're going to start with you first and then Dana, then I, I come in the rear. Um, I, I think that. at first... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that's the right topic. <laughs> All right, man, how do I follow that? How do I follow that one? Um, no, I think uh, I, I'm happy for Carl. Um, he's certainly a trailblazer. I know Michael Sam announced in 2014, but he never uh, played for the Rams back then, and he never played it in NFL games. So he was not technically an, an active player, I guess. Um, so to see a player that's as young as Carl, he's 28 years old, still has a and just turned 28. So he's got a quite a career left ahead of him. It's only his fifth season in the NFL. He does put himself at risk. He puts a target on himself for other teams and, and what other my other players might do and fans might say to him. I'm sure he's going he's gonna to hear it at times. But here's the thing. When he came out the last three days, his jersey's been number one in the NFL in sales. So people are showing their support that way. He donated $100,000 to an organization that helps the LGBTQ community in terms of their uh, uh, suicide and uh, youth who are dealing with their identification in that process. So I think it's, it's, it's a great, I think it's a good thing, but I think it's going to be tougher on him than he may realize because I think people can be cruel. So we'll see what happens, but I think it, hopefully it'll, it'll spur some more people to come forward but you never know. And uh, I just think once it, it becomes more common and this is not a story, then some of those issues that he's going to deal with will, will dissipate. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to happen more often now. I think people wait and go wait to see what's going to, how it's going to impact um, some of the other players, what their reaction is going to be, how it's going to fix it or not fix it. Um, because if we think back, um, well, then let me go ahead and let you go ahead and chime in on that. Okay, well, we got to, you know, look at how it is, was in the NFL for many years. Uh, you know, it's a lot of trash talking. So, uh, 
it is extraordinary for him to uh, come forward. Uh, a lot of teams are, you know, you don't know the what the likelihood of someone uh, actually saying, you know, the wrong thing to him. Well, we really got to see how the commission is really going to uh, follow up behind him, see how much support is actually really there through all the teams. Well, they did. They did. Uh, NFL did issue a statement. Um, so mm-hmm. I actually have that statement yeah. handy for my show. But uh, they did issue a statement in support of him. I think that's a great point um, because – it's important to see how the NFL is going to take a stand on it, especially this being relatively recently a conservative uh, bunch of leaders in the NFL. So I think that's an excellent point. Yeah, but we, yeah. you know, it's still the it's the teams, but the players alone. I mean, you don't know who who has issues with that. Uh, so hopefully, everybody can come together and we still enjoy a good game of football. Well, and, and, and that's my whole thing. I don't think um, – I think it's some other teams that got other players that's gay on their team. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's – I think they – other players that they haven't came out. Um, so I don't think it's going to be as big of a deal as people think it might be because I'm I'm quite sure there's some other players on other teams that they didn't came out to the public, but they more than likely came out to their teammates and just ain't nobody saying nothing about it. So I think in a big way, I think a lot of it is going to be the reactions of what people feel about how how to, how, to, how how this is going to come about. Because when you think about it, a lot of people, it's like, well, he wasn't the first one. It was it was um the guy from Missouri, Sam. What was his last mm-hmm. name Jones? Um, when he came out, but when he came out, he came out before he got to the NFL, and and kind of um, and I think it kind of hurt him. Um, because this, when he came out, he was a uh, all American coming yeah. out of Missouri, and he ended up getting drafted. His draft status dropped all the way where he was barely drafted in the seventh round, the last round of the league. He was almost Mister Irrelevant, as they call the last pick. But right. and then he got he got the chance. He got drafted by um, St. Louis Rams. He never made it into the league. He got cut before the um, fourth preseason game. So he never made it to the NFL. He ended up playing um, the Canadian Football League. He played only one season there. So I think in some ways him coming out before he got into the NFL kind of hurt him. And that's why I think Nashby, when he came out, um, instead of coming out when he first got in the league or whatever, he um, he moved around to a couple of different players. But he finally established himself as a, a real good defensive end and signed a three-year contract with the Raiders so I think he, that's why he chose this time to come out because he already got some type of financial security now, but he also got some type of uh, um, security with being in the league where I don't think nobody's just so up and cut him at this point. Um, so I think that's why he chose now than choose it before to do so. Um, but uh, him coming out, I mean, don't bother me. One, if you can play the game, you can play the game. That's the bottom line. Are you still going to be able – um and the shit nothing change. You still gonna make facts. You still gonna bring the quarterback down. You still gonna make pressures. You still gonna be um bring down the running back. That's what I need you to do. So as long as you can still do that, it's all good. And I think it will open the door for other gay athletes, not only in football but other sports also. Yeah. 
Okay, so our third topic tonight, ladies and gentlemen, and before I do that, um, ladies and gentlemen, you're tuned in to A Man's View, hosted by Kenneth Jellybean Jennings and Dana, the Dark Knight Harkness. You're live on the four-time, 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 four-time award-winning poor radio, celebrating 10 years of excellence. So to our next, um, third, the third topic, ladies and gentlemen, third topic is NBA playoffs. We only have four teams left. Who do, who do you think is going to win the title now, and why? And also, what should Philadelphia 76ers do with Ben Simmons? Trade him, or finally force him to work on this game? <laughs> Start, starting off with you, Spark again, and then go around. Well, I want to. I want to. I really want to talk about Ben Simmons because it's really a joke. What what has become of and he's been exposed here, right? We he's been exposed. We we knew he was a bad free throw shooter before he entered this. We all knew he couldn't shoot before he entered this season. I mean it's not like this the playoffs really you know, it's something new, but what but what you find is that you need someone like you need someone in his position to be a good free throw shooter and to be a threat offensively some kind of way besides driving through the lane. He's a great athlete, he's a great defender. Um, he's good at stealing the ball, but he just has no confidence whatsoever. He was something like four for 24 in the playoffs from the free throw line. It's just abysmal. What should the Philadelphia do? What I'm hearing is that he is surrounded by family that is just filling his head with nonsense, and he is not interested in working. That's what I'm hearing. So unless he starts to work, then you just if he doesn't improve his shot, you got to get rid of him. You got to move on, and you got to take what you can you can get for him. He's still young; he can still be something if he can get it in his head, and 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 people can get past that ego and work through it. Maybe he can he'll practice, but if he don't, if he ain't out there, look, I'm gonna tell you something, man. At the end of that last game, the last one when uh, the Suns won last night, if you notice during the Cameron. When Cameron was being interviewed, in the background was Proviso East guard, out Javon Carter out there shooting reps nonstop, shot after shot after shot after shot. If Ben Simmons should have been right there with him, he should have been feeding Ben Simmons mm-hmm. the ball and vice versa. That makes no sense that yep. Ben Simmons wasn't out there, and you got a you got a young man out there hungry, thirsty to get on the court, and and he's out there shooting those shots like that. That says something about him. So. That's what that's what he needs to do. If he don't change that frame of mind, then I think he's lost. My pick to win it all, I'm I'm rooting for for uh, Phoenix. Uh, I just love I love uh, Devin Booker and I love Aiden. I just those guys are just fun to watch. Okay, yeah, great, great, great thought, great insight. Um, I do agree with you. He he got to change. He got to want to make the change if it's what the change, regardless of what somebody else want him to do. He already didn't got paid. What they gonna do? Cut him? You still get paid. That's guaranteed money. Um, Dan, what's your thoughts? Well, I fully agree, gentlemen. All three of us on the same accord. Young brother, he needs to really just sit down, focus up, look at the film, check his own. You know, he needs to look at himself. Sit down, reevaluate, take time out to start practicing over the summer. You know, get into those different leagues that they have, like the. Uh, Akeem Olajuwon's uh, basketball uh, schooling, so he can do some, you know, some, some good inside paint work. Work on his free throws constantly. He needs to perfect that. 
Because you get, we got to remember, this is a professional uh, sport. It is a business. If you don't, you know, if you don't contribute to your team, mm-hmm. they have no choice but to let him go, or or either fully just give him that final ultimatum as far as getting it together. Uh, but where's the leadership on the team? You know, because they should be pulling him along just as well. I mean, he is a young man, but at the same time, uh, whoever's like the, the older players or the veteran players, they need to sit him down and really talk to him like, hey, young brother, you need to get it together. Uh, you understand how you got into the league? Uh, you're supposed to be a, a super all-star uh, when you got here, but now you got to perfect that skill because once you make it to the pros, everybody change up their, their latitude as far as, like, uh, outside, perimeter shooting, all types of things. But it seems like he does not want to work. And like uh, Brother Spark said, uh, his, his family's in his ears because, you know, they, they just want him to pay for stuff. But when is it they're going to actually say, hey, when are you, when are you going to try to build your legacy? Because his, his time is running out. And if he don't make it in, in with the Sixers, I don't know where he make it. My uh, picks for the for the championship, I'm gonna slide with Milwaukee Bucks, man. It's just I can't see nobody actually, uh, you know, stopping that big man in the paint, uh, working the ball. But Phoenix is my 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 second shadow team, though. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, I have similar thoughts myself on Ben Simmons. Um, we, what, what we all need, this man was drafted. Again, put yourself on mute for a second. This man was drafted number one in 2016. Not the second pick, the third pick, the fourth pick. He was drafted number one coming into the league. And his and he's been and that was 2016, so he's done played five seasons. And five seasons, his game has not got better. He can't hit free throws. He's afraid to take um, shots in the fourth quarter. And them last, and if you look at the stats, them last four playoff games, he did not take a single shot in the fourth quarter. How do you do that? And this was a player that's been maxed out. So he's making the maximum amount that he could have possibly made when he signed his extension. Are you talking about somebody collecting, what, $140 million over the, the length of his contract, and you can't shoot a free throw or hit a mid-range jump shot? It got so bad, he was so afraid to take the shot the other day, he literally was at the rim where he could have dunked the ball and threw it to another man coming to cross in the lane. Not to a man at the three-point line like they do now. He threw it to another man coming across the lane in the paint. Because he was that afraid to take that shot. But all you had to do was just let the arms go, release your arms a little bit more and dunk the ball. And this is what y'all consider a franchise player? That's not franchise to me. That sounds like somebody (laughs) you need to be trading and get whatever value you can get from them and move on. Or you go get them in there and let, let them know you go earn the rest of your money on the bench where your trade value gonna be gone, your you, your next contract ain't gonna be worth nothing because you don't want to work on your game. And that's the bottom line to it. He has chosen 
not to work on this game. And can't nobody tell me nothing different. All we work on, but just for some reason, how they be giving that excuse when they get into the game and they, what they've been practicing, they can't do. No, that's garbage. That's bullshit, and I ain't trying to hear it. Either either trade them, or and that's if you can find somebody that want that, that's gonna take them. Everybody like, oh, everybody take them. No, I don't believe that. So Philadelphia <laughs> really need to decide <clears throat> what they go do because he's going to be a liability, and they will not win a championship with him with the way he plays, bottom line. And if I'm wrong, please show me. As far as who I want to win, actually, I, I, I want the Phoenix Suns to win, um, win the title. Um, Milwaukee, y'all, y'all didn't hedge y'all chance. Y'all had a chance to be there to make something happen. And uh, truthfully, I'm not a big um, the Greek freak fan either. Even though he's working on this game where he's trying to get more of an outside shot and things of that nature. But if you put a wall in front of him, how Miami did last year, where every time he get ready to drive to the basket and you put a wall in front of him where he's either gonna he's gonna charge or or it's gonna be a turnover, and sometimes it might be um um it might be a defensive foul. But make him make a decision on and not allowing him just to drive to the basket. Force him to be a jump shooter. Force him to take an outside shot. It can be done because we've seen it in last year's playoffs. The last two years of the playoffs, we've seen it done. Why a lot of teams not doing that same thing now, I don't understand. I, they don't got a bunch of shooters like other teams have, so you don't have to worry about them keep driving and throwing it out to three-point shooters. But I'm picking either Phoenix. Um, if, if it was another team I would like to see win, I would love for it to be Atlanta because uh, I just like their young talent that they have over there. Um, but them them my two teams that I would like to see. If they were Phoenix, I want to see Chris Paul get a ring. Um, hopefully he gets a chance to play uh, either tonight or tomorrow he gets a chance to play. Um, but I, I really want to see Chris Paul get, get, go ahead and get that ring. So I'm riding out with Phoenix this year with with, with the teams that's left. So we got a couple more topics left, fellas. Uh, if anybody want to call in, join in. It, we were still going to continue. Um, our fourth topic tonight, June 10th, it was officially recognized as a national holiday. What does this mean to you? Hey, Spark, start us off, brother. Um, yeah, you know, I, I hear uh, conflicting conflicting uh, ideas on this from, from a lot of black folks. Some people say, well, you know, it's um, it's not a big deal. There's a lot of things out there that haven't been recognized or passed. This is still in the courts and, and Congress and so on and so forth, and that we're, they're still not teaching our history in the classroom. Well, when you, when, you, when you have a national holiday, you are forced to learn about it in the classroom. It's got to be taught in the classroom because you learn about the holidays throughout the year. That's part of the curriculum. So here's the problem that I have with with it. I'm not saying, I don't, I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where we're going to wake up and say, yeah, it's perfect. Black people are equal and we have an equal sitting at the table. It's never going to happen overnight. I think oftentimes people expect it or that's what they're, they want to wait till that moment to where they feel, no, you've got to recognize things for what they are. And you've got to, you've got to understand baby steps or steps and progress and 
you know, things ha- things don't happen suddenly. We're not going to wake up and and feel like we like racism is gone. It doesn't exist. That's never going to happen. So we got to take those steps. And what we do by by making Juneteenth a national holiday, it forces people to pay attention to it. You start talking about the fact that in 1865, a a Union general went to Galveston, Texas, and told those people those uh, those people that were still enslaved then there it was a Confederate city, uh, Galveston, Texas, and he told them, "Hey, you're free." that the war ended two years ago. You got to talk about Emancipation Proclamation, in, which was declared on January 1st, 1863. You got to talk about those truths and what that means. Now, the result of that, as we know, was Jim Crow. And it still didn't do a whole lot, but it did something. So you take those things and you talk about it. And you make progress. You inform people. You, I mean, a lot of black people didn't even know what Juneteenth meant. Mm-hmm. So that, that's how I look at exactly. it. So, I, 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 so, so let me tell you this. Let me tell you real quick. This will be the last thing I got. Is that God woke up on Juneteenth and I looked at my daughter and I said, Happy Juneteenth, sweetheart. Amen. You know what I mean? I was, I was, I was, I was thankful to say it. So. Yes. Hey, Danny, what's your thoughts, brother? Well, gentlemen, of course, you know, I, I look at it as far as like our uh, military aspect. Um, time is coming. I hope times are changing. I really would uh, love to see, you know, uh, for us to, you know, come to the realization that it can't just be just one day for just us or just for, you know, justification of everything that's happened over hundreds of years. Uh, we got to put in the work. We can't just expect everything to change overnight. Like Brother Spock said, uh, we have to, you know, we have to be vigilant. We have to, you know, we have to put that step forward to make it known, uh, to get, uh, get it established enough so people do recognize it on a on a yearly basis. Uh, celebrate it. Uh, you know, the younger kids understand what that day actually means. Uh, you know, we do a lot of things for Black history, but a lot of times we don't really talk about Juneteenth. Uh, you know, it... it it troubles me sometimes how uh, we have so many other uh, people teaching African American history, uh, except for us. Uh, yes. And then, it, it, and then you know, it falls on the forefront of us. Not then they say that we're not trying to help our our youth become more productive, or they get labeled because of the way they wear their hair or things of that nature. All that is it, it shouldn't be relevant, but it is. I mean, we we trying our best to. Uh, our race is probably the most peaceful race on earth. I mean, we always talk about, you know, uh, turning another mm-hmm. cheek, trying to do peaceful marches, things of that nature. It's going to, it's, it's times are changing where we're not accepting that no more. Uh, and it's going to be, it's going to be a rude awakening when it does come to, to that point. Uh, but hopefully, you know, things that, cause we, you know, we do have young kids. We want them to survive just as long as we do or even longer. So hopefully it, it it makes a change. It makes a difference. They'll be able to, you know, publicize it in books more. Uh, you know, uh, just like we have all these different parades for everything else, why we don't have a parade for Juneteenth? So that's how I feel about it. Okay. Well, thank you both for y'all insight on that. Um, y'all got y'all had some great ideas, some great thoughts, and everything. We gave you a little history lesson uh, for people to understand. 
Um, I, I think a lot of way y'all the same way that y'all have thought about it too. Um, I think it's a good thing. Um, I, I just like Sparkles just said, he woke up, turned to his daughter, guy says, tell his daughter, um, happy Juneteenth. And my experience was for me was that first person that called me, and it, it, it was I was excited to be able to say it, like, okay, whoever the first person mm-hmm. called me, I'm gonna say happy Juneteenth to him, you know, because I finally get to say it as a national holiday. I've been saying it over the last few years as I as as I have educated myself on what Juneteenth is and what it's meant and what it means to me and what it means to us as a society. So to have that to wake up that morning and to be able to say it and know it was not just me saying it because it was something that I knew about. I was saying it because it was mm. a national holiday now. That yes, meant sir. a lot to me. That meant a whole lot to be able to say that to know that it's here. And I ain't saying that uh, that means that all of a sudden I could walk outside and feel free like every other, uh, almost like every other race do. It's a a point that it's another step forward. And that's what we have to understand and appreciate. Stop waiting for things to suddenly wake up and, you know, wake up and it's a whole different world. We're not going to live in a um, utopia world like that. I don't think that's ever going to happen. We would love for it to happen. We would like for it to be that way, but that's not never going to happen. So we have to understand and appreciate the list steps that we've made, and we've made list steps over the last few years. You got to understand it. Um, just think about: we actually got another police officer that's going to get got charged for murder, got convicted of murder of a black man. That's a step forward. That was not something that we used to seeing, and that's been a part of it. You know, so all these things have to be a step forward. You know, getting rid of Jim Crow, being told that we was going to be free as slaves, even though it took them two years for that message actually to get to the people in the South. But it got to them. You know, so understand our steps. Understand our, our history. And that's something that a lot of, the reason a lot of people um, the black people are not, not willing to celebrate it right now because a lot of them have not educated themselves on it. Go educate yourself on it. Understand the history of it, what it means to you and to, to our people as a whole. Understand that. Appreciate it. Educate yourself. The best, more so than anything else, and I'm not trying to down my, my, my black brothers and sisters at all, but sometimes we don't educate ourselves on the things that we need to know. And it's time. It's time that we do so. It's time that we educate ourselves. It's time that we gain knowledge, not only for ourselves, but for our children and our children's children, for all them and our grandkids, for them to understand. So the more we educate ourselves, the more we can educate them because we can't continue to wait for the school systems to do the job that we need to do at home. That's my thought. And so lastly, we got <laughs> on tonight's topics tonight, we got the Supreme Court ruled against the NCAA. What do you think the impact will be down the road? Before we do this, let me do the last station break. Ladies and gentlemen, you tuned in to A Man's View, hosted by Kenneth Jellybean Jennings and Dana, the Dark Knight Harkness, live on the four-time award-winning Poet Radio, selling 10-year celebrating anniversary of excellence and, and bringing good topics, good shows to our audience. 
Thank you for everybody that's been listening, that's been a part of it over these 10 years, because there is no us without you. Thank you. So on to this last topic. I'm going to let you go first again, Sparks. I know you got to get ready to go. So you can start getting ready to <laughs> your own show going tonight. So I don't want to hold you up too long. So I'm going to let you go and get this last topic. Then you can switch on over if you like. If you want to stay a little bit longer, you got to get your final thoughts. That's cool, too. Um, however you want to do it. I'm just glad you're here. You're a part of the show. You called in. And you always make the show that much more better with your insight and your intelligence that you bring with it. So go ahead and start off first, and then we will go through, go through, go around again. Yeah, this this will be uh, my last comment because you're right. I do gotta run. I gotta set up the show, uh, but because we come on right at eight o'clock here, but uh, that's my my alarm's actually going off right now. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, I, I, I'm I'm really happy about the decision. Um, I think that uh, I've always been a supporter that college athletes should be paid, uh, should be compensated. Um, when I heard about the Fab Five and how they were watching their jerseys being sold around campus, and there were times that they didn't have a lot to eat or at least access to the commissary so they could get something to eat after hours, that really bothered me and that, that triggered me. And then when I did some investigating and saw how much Alabama football alone was bringing into the university, I'm like, <laughs> no, it's, a, it's worth a lot more than just the scholarship that's being offered, offered there. So this will be a slow process. It'll be a trickle effect as they sort of figure out and navigate how they're going to get athletes paid. But I think it's a major step in the right direction, and I'm all for it 110%. And before I go, it's an honor to be here with you both. Um, I love coming on the show. Uh, Jelly Bean, Dark Knight, you always have some excellent points, man. I, I love your thoughts. I love your thoughts on Ben Simmons. That was beautiful the way you you approach it. So I appreciate you guys letting me come on and, and say a few words. I'm going to cut out. I'll catch you guys next time around. Peace and blessings to everyone. Love the show. Talk to you guys later. All right, thank you, brother. And I'll be tuning in in a minute. Yes, sir. Hey, Dan, hey, what's, what's, what's your thoughts, brother? Uh, my thoughts on it is, uh, you know, it is – history has, uh, you know, been known for, uh, you know, a lot of people going through hard times, uh, like we were talking about earlier. Uh, you know, different players are, come from single-parent homes. Sometimes they have to, you know, they have to work. They have to, you know, contribute back home as well as trying to still get their education. I mean, even though it's, uh, you know, it helped out or, you know, they, they got a chance to get a job and work a job, why not get paid for it? They're using their name, their ability, their skill. Uh, they're helping the school uh, bring money in. This is a billion-dollar business, college sports. And college sports, is, 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 you know, it's been capitalizing on that for over, what, 80 years out of all the players that's been coming in and going out. Some will go to the pros, some don't. But what happens to the ones who, who need help? That's the way I look at it. I think those who need help, uh, they should get paid. You know, family circumstances do come about. Uh, even though uh, a lot of players are do have two-parent households, it shouldn't matter. It should they should be able to get paid for it. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Um, before I get my thought on that, um, we got a caller right now seven seven three eight nine two seven seven three eight nine two. Um, state the name and where you calling from. Oh, 
or you just want to be a listener, you just want to be listening, that's fine too. Um, if not, state the name where you're calling from, 773-892. Okay, we're going to move on. Um, my thoughts on that, on the um, decision of the Supreme Court. Um, I think it's long overdue. Um, for, a year, for a long time, they've been having these players play for them, uh, make money off their likeness, and not share none of the money with them. And I know a lot of people say, well, they get a scholarship. They get a scholarship, well, they, they, they get education getting paid for free. But for what they give it to that university or that college is nowhere near what they, uh, what the, what that scholarship is worth. You got to take, um, I remember this was some years ago, a kid, um, Donnell Archer from Northwestern University. His major was um, theater or, or what, I, I forgot exactly what it's called, what, um, what actors do when they go to school and they study. Um, but that was his major. He was, he was trying to become an actor in real life. So during um, his off season of his junior year, he ended up getting a, a role in a movie. And NCAA told him that either he had two choices, where he would have had either turn pro immediately, or he had to donate the money he made from that movie to a charity in order for him to be able to play that season. Now look at this. You know, other people get scholars; they get uh, academic scholarships every year. They tell them that they have they, um in some of them in some of the roles they have to get an internship during the summer where they could get paid for their internship. But as an athlete, you does not you do not qualify for that. So why is it different for an athlete than that get an athletic scholarship than it is from a student get an academic scholarship full ride? Both on full ride. So what's the difference? Why? Because it's an academic scholarship, you can still get paid as an intern, but as an athlete, you, you can't. Why should not be able to make some money um, just like that other intern, um, like that other student is that got the academic scholarship? That's one. Two, you make the, the, the university and college is making money off your likeness. You could go into any bookstore, and that top player, whoever it might be, they making my, they selling your jersey in the bookstore, in the store around all all through the through the campus. Your jersey is being sold, sold, and you can't make one dollar off of it. So, and and, and it, it was a um, football player from Florida State. He took his own jersey. And he sold the jersey because he said he was hungry, he needed to make some money, and he sold the jersey. They suspended this man for what I think the first two games of the season because they said that violated NCAA. I remember rules. that. Yeah, yeah, I remember right. that. Right, y'all can sell my jersey, but I can't sell my old jersey to make some money because I'm hungry because I needed some money. But y'all can sell it all y'all want to. Y'all can sell it 100 times over, 100,000 times over, a million times over and make some money off of it. But off my own jersey, my own jersey, I can't make no money? That is the most craziest thing ever. 
How do you say that? How do you do that? How do you fix your mouth to try to tell me that? And this is how ruthless um, NFL, I mean NCAA, could be. It was a group of kids. They had uh, went to they went to a bowl game or something, and so they had you know how they had a banquet for them at the bowl game. Why they was at the at the at the banquet? Now think about at the banquet that was in their honor. They asked for some extra condiments, like I'm talking about ketchup and mustard and stuff like that. They asked for some extra condiments. And you know the NCAA stepped in and told them that if they didn't pay back for those condiments, they was going to have to be suspended and couldn't play that year. And guess how much these the condiments wasn't worth $10 altogether. But they had to pay that back before they was going to be able to be eligible for that season. Now, we're talking about a sanctioned event that's by the NCAA. And all they asked was for condiments. So, yeah, I think it's about time that the NCAA stopped paying, paying these athletes for putting their lives on the line out there on the field. To stop restricting them for somehow to be able to make money other than from that scholarship. So that is not coming into their pocket. Yeah, they get a little bit of a stipend here and there, but you're talking about athletes. I know when I played, I was always hungry. And the little meal that I might have got here and there never was enough. So you talking about athletes, from professional athletes that can't make no money other than the scholarship and a little bit of stipend that y'all give them. They do get a little bit of stipend, and they're supposed to live off of that. Now, we ain't even counting no girlfriend or nothing because she going to cost money, too. That's on a whole other subject. But she going to cost money, too, so we ain't even talking about that. And you really right. think they're supposed to last off what they get? It's not possible. So that's why you have a lot of these athletes Sneaking off and going to get a legal job or sneaking off and inspect the money from a booster because in their eyes, they have no other way to survive. So, yes, I think it's a good thing. I think it's about time that it happened, and it's been long overdue, and the NCAA need to stop being bullies and stop this slave mentality to thinking that these athletes ain't nothing but meat and you go going to take what I give you or take nothing at all. All right, that's tonight's show, ladies and gentlemen. Before we go, we're going to give our last comment on the show or just whatever it is you want to talk about. Um, Nina, if you want to make a, um, uh, a say anything, too, you just, this is an opportunity for you to speak also, or you can get a comment on what you thought about the show or a comment on whatever it is that you choose to talk about. Um, I'm going to let Dana go first, and then, Nina, if you want to come in after that, you can. If not, we understand. Um, but thank you for putting helping us produce this show this evening, um, for being one of the most important parts because without you back there in the back background doing what you do, we can't do what we do in the front. So thank you. Um, Dana, what's your thoughts, brother? Well, I was outstanding work for tonight, uh, for all those who didn't know. I hope these topics, you know, that uh get you thinking, get you motivated to, you know, to learn something to be able to, you know, be productive with your kids, sit them down, let them know about what Juneteenth is. Uh, 
also these topics are, you know, it, it's national news. Uh, these things should be discussed. These things that should be, you know, highlighted for your day. Uh, if you got, if you had a long day at work, maybe you can sit down with your spouse or, or friends or neighbors or whoever, and maybe you can just, you know, just have a friendly conversation. Don't get the fighting out there, because I, I ain't gonna be there to break nothing up. Uh, but once again, we always try to bring forward, you know, to the forefront of everything that's going on that's going on right now. Uh, that way, uh, if you did miss the news, we, we try to, you know, educate you a little bit. But once again, it, it is about self-preservation. You need to, you know, start learning, start teaching. You know, the younger the better, as uh, my father always said. Uh, but once again, without Ms. Purple Rain, he does a fabulous job for us, you know, even at the last moment. So we very, very much appreciate you. Uh, my brother Ken, once again, you know, always a joy. Always a, just like breaking bread on a daily basis. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, brother. Love you. Okay, Nina, you got anything you want to share real quick or you're cool? Okay, well, we'll take it to Nina's cool. Um, I want to come in. I want to say thank you to, um, to everybody, to my brother Dana, to Nina. What we always need to understand teamwork makes the dream work. You know, as long, as long as we all can work together, we communicate with each other, we can make anything and everything possible in this world. We just might have to do a little help, might do a little different than what somebody else might think, but we can always get it done as long as we can work as a team. Well, my topic on tonight is, once again, I love the show. I love the way it came, came across. I love A Sparks for coming in. Anyone that's just listening, thank you for calling in and listening or, or, or punching up the web, uh, the link to be able to listen. Have you choose to do so? We thank you. We appreciate that. Um, but what I want to talk about tonight is what I've talked about before and I'm going to continue to talk about. We need to find a way to detour or stop this uh, gang violence that we have going on. Not just gay violence. I ain't gonna say gay violence. Stop all these gu- the, 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 the guns. We need to put down the guns. We need to get rid of more guns. We need to make guns less of such a big part of our society right now because we're killing each other. Now, and I'm not talking about black on black. I ain't talking about white on white, China on China, Chinese on Chinese. I'm talking about in all. We are killing each other. We have averaged more mass shootings a week than we have ever had before. We're averaging more killings a day. And I'm not just talking about Chicago. I'm talking about this whole country, the whole United States. We've averaged more deaths by gun violence than what we ever have before. We all need to find some type of gun reform to take guns off the streets, to get rid of some of these guns, to eliminate some of these guns. Um, if you have an idea that you think that would truly work to help with these gun reforms, to help with this violence that we out here, that we have going out here, write it to your politicians. Everybody, write to your politicians and let them know that we need a change. If you have an idea, speak out that idea. So maybe it's something that can work. Right now, we all need to be a part of this. Anyone that don't think they need to be a part of this, you're part of the problem now. So we all need to find a way to be part of the solution. 
And my my thought on gun reform is, I spoke about this before, and I will continue to speak about it. And yes, I have wrote it to my politicians about this. Make everyone have to register their guns every year. I don't. If you got ten guns, you better show up with all ten of them to register. If one of them missing, your butt is going to jail. If you can't present the gun that you brought and you have not reported it stolen or you have not reported whatever that is not in your possessions anymore, you're going to jail. I, I don't think that's the, the ultimate solution, but I think that could be a small part to help make a change. And that's what we all have to do. We all have to work to make a change. And whatever that change is going to be, as long as it's a positive change, let's start doing it. Because otherwise, the one thing that everybody don't want, we're going to have martial law that's going to come in. We're going to have a curfew. We're going to have a time that you're supposed to be able to leave out in the morning and a time you're supposed to be back in at night. And in between them times that you're out and you don't have paperwork to show that you're supposed to be out, they're going to start locking people up. And I know none of us want that. So we all have to do our part to make a change. And whatever that is you think you can do, do it. Because you never know. That might be the one thing that people need to hear. So don't hold it to yourself. Let's all make a change. And that change will come. And I'm asking everybody to do this. Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror and really ask yourself, are you doing everything you could do to help make a change in this world for the better. And if you've been honest with yourself and you know that you're not, go make a difference and go make a change. Well, thank you, everybody, um, for tuning in tonight. Once again, this was The Man's View, um, hosted by Kenneth Jellybean Jenner and Dana, the Dark Knight Harkness, with our producer in the background, Nina Purple Rain. Thank you, and good night. And God bless. Good night, everybody. Good night.